Right now, our exclusive interview with Democratic presidential contender Pete Buttigieg. There you see him standing by. He's not an official candidate yet, but he is on a roll, getting all kinds of attention right now. He may still be a long shot for 2020, but the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, already has a campaign nickname, Mayor Pete. His last name, Buttigieg, a bit unusual. His background, pathbreaking. Openly gay, married, a veteran who served in Afghanistan, a Rhodes Scholar, a concert pianist, he speaks eight languages, and he's just 37. I'm here to make the case that uh, a millennial Midwestern mayor might be exactly what we need. His campaign is gaining traction thanks to breakout performances, like this CNN town hall where he took on fellow Hoosier Mike Pence. How could he allow himself to become the, the cheerleader of the porn star presidency? Is it that he... Is it that he stopped believing in scripture when he started believing in Donald Trump? I don't know. I don't know. Since that appearance, Buttigieg has added more followers on Instagram than any other candidate. Announced a haul of $7 million since the start of the year. But in our nation's history, no one under 40 has become president. And no mayor has gone straight to the White House. The big question now, does Mayor Pete have staying power? There's no honest politics that revolves around the word again. And Mayor Pete joins us right now. Pete Buttigieg, thanks for joining us. That video we just showed announced something coming up on April 14th, officially getting in. Well, we're going to be making a big announcement on April 14th. It's the kind of announcement you only get to make once, and so I'm looking so forward to You're not going to make it here? <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> gathering as many people as want to be part of it there in South Bend. As I said in the piece, lots of firsts for you. Openly gay, running for president, under 40. But what do you say to someone at home who's thinking he's just not seasoned enough? You know, I would argue that the experience of a mayor of a city of any size is about as relevant as it gets. I get that it's more traditional if I were to spend years or, or maybe decades marinating in Washington, but I think we'd be well marinating? served. To, yeah, I mean, that's what people expect of you, right? You kind of soak up the ways of the Congress, and, uh, and I get that, but I actually think we'd be better off if Washington started looking more like our best-run cities and towns and not the other way around. You know, as a mayor, I've found myself dealing with issues ranging from uh, economic development puzzles to phone calls in the middle of the night about a disaster. Um, everything from kind of comic parks and recreation controversies to, you know, searingly urgent issues like racially sensitive officer-involved shootings. All of that comes a mayor's way. And at a moment right now where we really need presidential leadership to do more of not just the policy part of the job, but the part of the job that has to do with holding people together and calling people to their highest values. I think that's highly relevant experience. You know, former Vice President Biden is facing a different set of questions. We've been watching that play out th this week. What do you make of the way this story has bubbled up and how he's handled it? Well, I think what's happening is that we are all in this moment where uh, higher standards are being uh, appropriately applied to people in public life. And uh, I think it's good that the vice president addressed it. I'll, I'll leave it to him uh, to talk about that particular case. But uh, I think anybody who wants to be considered for the highest office in the land uh, needs to be able to withstand that higher standard. You know, you talk about the higher standards. You, in your book, you wrote about how you uh, felt bad about calling President Trump a draft dodging chicken hawk before you say uh, this statement was not in keeping with how I publicly speak about political figures or anyone else and afterward I reflected this president was inspiring a loss of decency not just in his supporters but also in those who oppose him well, we just showed you talking about the porn star president last week we even questioned whether the president Trump believes in God are you falling into the trap you wrote about in your book I work very hard to make sure that when we oppose this president we're not emulating him but we do need to call out hypocrisy when we see it 
And when we have people wrapping themselves in the flag uh, who evidently face, faked a disability in order to get out of serving, uh, when you have somebody seeming to want to impose uh, his religion on others, as the vice president has, uh, and at the same time teaming up uh, with a presidency that seems to have no regard for at least what I would consider to be Christian values, I do think that hypocrisy needs to be called out. It needs to be called out forcefully, but we need to be factual, we need to be honest, and we do, in resolving all of this disagreement, need to be decent as well. Hey, you, you, let's talk about the Democratic Party. You say the center of gravity of the American people is way to the left of the center of gravity of Congress, and in many ways, the left of the National Democratic Party. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, think about all these issues. Uh, give you a few examples. Uh, let's take universal background checks. 80, 90% of Americans think we ought to do it. Over 80% of Republicans think we ought to do it. And Congress can't make it happen. Comprehensive immigration reform, higher wages, uh, paid family leave, even Medicare for all. These are things that command a support of the majority of the American people. Are you and for Medicare for that? all now? Yes, now I think the way to do it, it, because any politician who lets the word Medicare for all come out of their mouth ought to explain a pathway to get there. To me, the pathway is a public option. Uh, you might call it Medicare for all who want it. You take a version of Medicare, you let anybody who wants to buy into it, buy into it. And then if people like me are right, that that's gonna be a preferred option, that very naturally becomes a kind of glide path toward a Medicare for all environment, but it also dares the corporate world to come up with a, a better solution than the, what they've done so far. As you know, President Trump is itching for this fight. He's talking about socialism every chance he gets. Here he was just two days ago. So we've been here by that time, three, three and a half years. We're going into the war with some socialist. And <laughs> it looks like the only non-sort of heavy socialist He's being taken care of pretty well by the socialists they got to him. He's talking about Vice President Biden right there, but he is using this label socialism, socialism, socialism. Going to reach back into your past. You're 18 years old. You win the Profiles of Courage Award, the Essay Award, where the essay was basically about praising Bernie Sanders for being a socialist. Right. Isn't that a liability now? Uh, what I was praising Senator Sanders for was for being honest about what he believed. And I think we need more of that. Look, uh, talk about uh, going into the past. You know, the president's adopting a tactic that takes us back to the darkest days of the 50s when you could use the word socialist to kill somebody's career or to kill an idea. But that, that trick has been tried so many times that I think it's losing all meaning. I mean, the so you affordable- you think it's gonna work? I mean, the Affordable Care Act was a conservative idea that Democrats borrowed, and they called that socialist. So it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. It's lost all power. I think, especially for my generation of voters, uh, folks just want to know whether an idea is a good idea or not. And slapping a label on it, especially in a careless way that doesn't make any sense, I don't think it really moves the debate. Uh, we're at way too serious of a moment in the life of this country uh, to be uh, taken in by, by this attempt to basically cast a spell uh, using a, a word to shut down debate. We need real solutions for profound changes in our society, in our politics, and in our economy. And that's what I think 2020 is going to be all about. Pete Buttigieg, thanks for coming in this morning. Thanks. Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching.